Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialist. Today, we're here with Amanda from Timber Media. Amanda is a commercial product photographer based in Brisbane. Along with her partner, she created Timber Media House, where they offer both photography and videography, specializing in beauty, fitness, and lifestyle brands. She's also created a course called Become a Brand Photographer, which teaches new photographers how to enter the industry, grow and scale the photography business, shoot, edit, and so much more. In today's episode, she shares why photography is so important in e-commerce, how to make your images work harder, and her top tips for DIY, and so much more. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode 26. Welcome, Amanda. Hey, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into product photography. Yeah. Well, I'm a photographer, first and foremost, from Brisbane, Australia. I do a couple of other little things, like do a YouTube channel and run an online course. But essentially, the the main business is photography and videography for beauty, lifestyle and health brands that I run with my beautiful fiance, Alastair, who does all the video stuff. He's very talented. And yeah, like a yeah, he's great. He's such a nerd. Like he loves learning. So he he picked up the video stuff really quickly, <laughs> which was great. Fantastic. And yeah, I kind of fell into product photography because I, I got made redundant from a job back in 2017. And I was like, oh, well, this is a bit shit. Like, you know, when someone basically takes away your whole income and you kind of feel like you've lost control of it you want to take control of that back so that kind of prompted me to be like you know what I'm just gonna start my own business and take matters into my own hands and try and do this thing at the time I had like this online finance and career blog so like my education background is in finance and at the time I just like I loved learning about money and like just everything how to save money how to spend money how to invest money and so that was like what the blog was about and I would just try and take like flat days for the blog and for the Instagram and like if you've seen, like, I sometimes share my old work on my Instagram account. They're absolutely terrible, terrible flat lays. And I kind of just, like, fell in love with putting things together, like, yeah, creating pretty photos. And then it just grew into, it grew into this. Amazing. So give us a little bit of a rundown now that you are kind of more experienced, you're working with some really high-end brands. Why is product photography so important, especially in the sort of e-commerce space? Yeah, I think like because as a as a consumer and I think about my own consumer behavior as well when I'm online shopping, it's like you can't touch it, you can't smell it, you can't feel it. The only thing that you can do is is look at it through a photo or a video. And so firstly, like that's you know, you've just got to pump out the content, I think, as much as you can to get it in front of people's faces. But I also think that having a higher quality photo and video it builds the trust factor with your consumer and I know that if I look at a brand and I can't see any kind of signal that they have invested in their content like if they don't have any professional content whatsoever 
I'm definitely less likely to buy because I think like, oh, this brand, you know, they may not be around for long or I understand that budget can be really tight when you're starting out. But I just think to help build that trust, it's really important to have professional looking content. Yeah, definitely. So when people are planning for product shots, video shoots, those sorts of things, what's something that you find people often forget or overlook? Oh, I guess I, I mean, we try and prompt our clients um, with as many questions as possible in the pre-production phase of things so that we can cover as many details as possible. I'm trying to think like what could be the thing that people forget to be honest, I can't think of anything right now, no, um, okay. but maybe like it could be small details, like even giving enough visual references so that us as the creator can visual can try to visualize what the client is seeing. Like you know, we're not mind readers and sometimes there can be, I guess, like we may not be on the same page as the client because they haven't communicated something or maybe we haven't asked the right question to prompt a certain detail to come forward. So it's, it's definitely been a learning process over the last like four years to refine our creative brief. I feel like we're still refining it as well. I think that's um, an ongoing process for every business. Oh gosh, yeah. Like every project's a learning experience. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just... We just try as much as possible to ensure that we're on the same page. And if details are missed, it just becomes a learning experience at the end of the day. Yeah. So just kind of making sure that they give you like references and things they want or similar vibes or that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And like for me as a product photographer, it really helps when people send through inspiration photos because I can see what it is that they like about those photos and be like, okay, cool. They like that element. They like that element. So let's take these elements and create their own branded photo shoot. So I'll always ask clients to send through as many photos as they can because it just, it visually helps me to create their own creative plan, I guess. Yeah, amazing. Obviously, it is not cheap to get professional photography done. So do you have any strategies or tips on how to make the images that someone like yourself will capture work harder for you on platforms like Instagram or if there's anywhere else that you you recommend? Yeah. I mean, when I shoot, I try and do photos that I guess you can crop. So, you know, I might take like a wider photo where you can crop different parts to get different kinds of little scenes. It really depends as well on the styling though. So if you're shooting like multiple products, maybe you've got like, I know, five different products in the scene, you can obviously crop into each product to create like five different photos in a way. So I think like cropping is a really great way to repurpose the content on different platforms and also shooting landscape as well. So obviously landscape you can use as like a banner on your website and you can then crop it down to either a square or a story size for Instagram. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's a really clever way of kind of getting more out of what you've paid for and giving it a bit more yeah. use in life, which is fantastic. Oh, sorry. No, 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 I even like for video as well, like when we're usually for video, we're shooting out on location. We shoot a lot. Like we, like there's so much content that clients don't even see. And so often when like, say Alistair's going through the footage, you might be like, 
oh, like, you know, we can create, you know, this other ad down the track for you, or we, we can create this kind of piece of content. And so even um, last year when we did some shoots at the beginning of 2021, we had clients come back for Black Friday to be like, hey, like, can we use the footage that we shot at the beginning of the year for like a Black Friday ad? And so all you then have to do is pay for the editing side and you don't have to redo the whole shoot. So I think for video too, if you can invest in like, you know, a substantial shoot, um, you know, a couple of hours and get as much footage as possible, you can then revisit numerous edits later down the track when budget allows. Yeah, fantastic. So how does the, the end use affect the image or video that is being produced, I suppose. So for instance, is there a difference in the types of images or video content you would suggest for like Instagram versus website versus, you know, Facebook ads? I do think like for Facebook ads, they definitely have to be like really kind of fast, eye-catching and engaging. I think there's a bit of a, probably a formula to use with Facebook ads compared to like just organic social media posts. Because yeah, when you're, when someone's going to be looking at a Facebook ad, you, you've really only got three seconds to capture their attention so they can keep watching until the end. And usually you want the ad to be only like 15 to 30 seconds maximum, I think, if you're selling, say, what like a beauty product or something like that. You want it to be fast, engaging, as opposed to like slow. And I guess it depends on the brand, but people want to, you know, quicken things up when they watch their content. So you've but got to yeah. work hard to get them to stop that scroll. Yeah, exactly. And so the less time that you can communicate your message, the better because, I mean, I have a short attention span. I mean, I, I think really we all do these days. Yeah, like 10 seconds and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Now, obviously, you mentioned it before that when people are starting out, they don't always have the, the budget for, you know, big, huge shoots and things. So for those who are wanting to kind of DIY, do you have any top tips or recommendations? I think the first thing is to is to identify like why you're doing a photo shoot. So what purpose does this content serve your business? And really mapping out the quantity of content that you want to achieve. So it might be like 10 photos. If you want to play around with video, I know you might want to get like one good video out from the shoot. So I think it's, it's identifying where this content's going to go, especially if it's going to be used in an ad. Is it going to be for a website banner, for Instagram stories, or just like organic social media marketing? And then from there, you can kind of, I mean, in terms of DIY, there's like, there's so many photography tips that I guess that I could share, but like Share a is... couple and feel free to plug your course <laughs> while you're at it. <laughs> um. I mean, lighting is definitely, first and foremost, I think the most important thing to pay attention to. If you don't have studio lighting, um, obviously natural light is going to be the best and cheapest option. So if you want that really hard light, you'd have to shoot on a day when it's nice and sunny. Otherwise, if you're after no shadows, you want an overcast day or just some shade. However, I, I definitely recommend if you're going to take your own photos on a regular basis, having studio lights, it makes such a big difference because you don't have to firstly rely on the weather. And you can also manipulate your lights 
a lot better than you can natural lex. So you can get all kinds of different results. And obviously, like, I would assume that you know, people just starting out and DIYing, you'd be using probably an iPhone or something like that. So it's just like paying attention to your composition and also what you think looks good to your eye. And it just takes practice. Like you're, you're probably not going to be Picasso on your first week of doing product photography. It just takes so much practice to strengthen that creative muscle in order to, yeah, I guess like come to something that you're really proud of and that you're like, yeah, I really love this photo. I love the styling. And it just comes down to your imagination and creativity. Fantastic. Is something like your course good for someone who owns a brand and just wants to learn how to do photography for their own business? I I get this question a lot and I usually say yes and no, which is probably (laughs) not the most helpful answer. (laughs) But essentially like the course is, it's completely tailored towards people who want to be a photographer. I mean, those who own their own product-based business and they actually enjoy photography, then you will benefit from a lot in the course, mainly the editing, the modules about equipment and lighting, camera gear, how to use your camera, things like that, the styling and the behind the scenes. But there's also another side to the course where it's like business education for photographers that probably wouldn't, like it it wouldn't really benefit a product-based business owner. So I guess like the whole point of the course is to help people up-level their product photography. That's definitely a really big focus that the course has. So that's why I say yes and no. And I basically put it into the hands of the person asking, be like, if you're happy to pay this and you know that you're not going to get the full benefit of the course, then that like go for it. But they'll, they'll absolutely learn how to take amazing product photos. I think that's a great answer though, because I mean, what you said is true. Like you will learn how to take great product photos, but if you're not wanting to learn how to be a product photographer, there's probably half the course that will be irrelevant, but you'll still learn how to make and take great photos in the process. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that's why I said before, it's like, if you're going to go down that route, I think it's important that you actually identify you enjoy photography, because if you don't, you might try to do one photo shoot and then be like, nah, I don't like this. And so it's not then going to, the whole course isn't going to be beneficial at the end of the day. Um, But if you do love the creative part of photography and you're willing to invest in the gear in like even the editing platforms, like Photoshop and Lightroom, like photography, like itself, just to do the thing is an investment because the gear it's not cheap (laughs) like especially when you start buying lights and backdrops and props you've got to spend you know a few thousand dollars to kind of get yourself with I think to get yourself a good setup I would say you've got to spend a few grand yeah that makes sense so when is a good time for business I suppose to make the plunge and hire a professional rather than kind of DIYing I definitely think as soon as they can even if they're a startup like we still work with quite a few startups and we can tell those people who really value photography because they know that it's going to help them I guess kickstart their brand off the right way and it's like what I was saying before where where a consumer looks at a brand 
they want to be able to invest in a brand as well in the long term. And so if you can kickstart your brand with professional photography, you're going to have an advantage over everybody else who hasn't invested because your, your products are going to look amazing. And so it's something I kind of always try to remind people is that like if you've created this product and you, you know it's amazing quality, the photo itself has to represent that kind of quality. So if you're representing your product with low quality images, maybe it could be really bad lighting. If the styling may not, may not make sense for the product or the brand, then it won't make sense to the customer. And so if, yeah, if you can kickstart the brand with representing the quality of your product with high quality imagery, it's going to speak much more to the customer who wants to buy. Makes total sense. I know a reason that I've heard before as to why people don't invest is because they know they can't afford it for everything. Is it something where you would say, look, just do what you can and then you can kind of DIY the rest, but at least you've got the good stuff? Or is it sort of where you need to have just the professional across the board to make it look good? I think it depends like how well you can DIY it. I mean, I totally understand that like, yeah, when you're starting out budget, can there can be barely any budget at all. But I also think that if you are going to start a product-based business, you've got to think about the marketing. It's all very, like, I've had a product-based business, so I totally know the upfront costs. I know how much of a nightmare, like, the shipping costs can be, all that stuff. So if you're going to invest in your inventory, you've got to think beyond that as well and think about your marketing. You have to invest in your marketing too. It's so, so important if you want to see growth because if If you run your business for months on end without spending anything on your marketing, how can you expect it to to grow and actually make sales? So I I think it's also knowing that if you want to start a product-based business, that there are so many other, I guess, expense or invest, I'm going to say investments that you have to consider on top of your inventory. I mean, I'm a marketer, so I totally agree with you. I've seen so many posts lately of people being like, I've started a business, I bought all this stock, I made a website, I have no money left. And I'm like, yeah, but how are you planning on marketing it? (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's the expensive part. Yeah, and people forget about that part of it. They're like, cool, I'm going to buy all this product and the packaging looks amazing and here it is, but then how are you meant to sell it if you don't have any way to reach people? And I think doing it, trying to do it organically on Instagram and just following heaps of people and hoping that like the word will spread, it's a slow, slow burn. And so that that's why I think like even influencer marketing is amazing as well to get started, like word of mouth. And that costs money too. Like you've got to pay people to promote the product. So I, I think that at least having some form of budget for marketing is so important. And there are so many photographers too at different price points. Like you can get a professional photographer who obviously their their quality may not be as good as somebody else who's higher, but you can still have professional photography done within your budget as well. Yeah, I think that's, it's very good advice. Thanks. Before we wrap up, is there anything you think we've missed that we didn't cover? I feel like that's probably it. Yeah, I just think like, yeah, with any kind of business, it's so important to have a good mindset around money and around investing in your business, like no matter what 
area of the business that you need to invest in. And yeah, I mean, having good content, it absolutely will help to sell your product. And if you can invest in like a big shoot and save up for that, do photo and video all in one, you can really optimize your budget. And often even when when I'm doing photography on location, I shoot way more than what like the original contract's for. So say someone hires us like 10 photos, I might shoot 100 photos plus. And so there's all this content that can be purchased at a later date when maybe their business has grown a bit more and they don't have to reinvest in a whole other big shoot. They can just repurchase photos whenever they need to. Yeah, I really loved your ideas around kind of getting more content out of an existing shoot. And I thought that was really helpful. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no worries. Lovely. Well, we'll just get into the last couple of questions we ask everyone that are a little bit more about your business as a whole. Do you have any strategies or habits you follow each day to help you stay on track in business? I'm such like an, I'm a pretty organized person. So I have my diary that is like my life, my calendar, my diary. And I try to kind of check in with myself every day to see that I'm, you know, achieving the things I want to achieve. I try and really only set myself maybe one big task a day that I want to get done because if if I set too many things, it just gets overwhelming and I may not accomplish it. So if I can set one productive tasks that is going to help me to move my business forward. And if I can do that every single day, then that makes things just a little bit easier, a little bit less stressful. Um, But I think just building good habits, surrounding things that make you happy, that bring joy to your life, that bring less stress to your life as well is really important. So I'm a big person on like routine and like habit tracking and things like that. I love that. Do you have a favorite business book? I have a few. I couldn't even pinpoint like my my favorite one because I think so many that I've read offer like um, different amazing insights, but I'm really big on money mindset books. And so the, the two that I just, I swear by, one is called You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And the other is Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by, I think his name is T. Harv Eker those two books, like they changed everything about my money mindset. I just could not recommend them enough. Amazing. We will um, add those in the show notes for everybody. Um, (laughs) And if people want to find out more about you, how they can work with you, see your work, have a look at your course, what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah. So it'll be our website, timbermediahouse.com. And it's Timber with, um, it's spelled T-I-M-B-R-E. And you can also find me on Instagram at Amanda Campiano. Wonderful. And we will link those and spell those out for people in case they missed it in the show notes for you. And thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you for listening to the 26th episode of the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Don't forget, we load all of the links and show notes onto our website. You can find everything at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash episode 26. The link will also be in the episode description. 